Welcome into another edition, a mid-season edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, and man, Sponge, it is just about here. We're about halfway through the 2022 season. I'm telling you, man, it's buzzing by. It always does. It is It is flying by. So a little different format this week. We'll still look at back back last week ahead to this one and then kind of going to hand out some uh, superlatives at the midway point of the season. So Sponge, before we jump ahead to, to looking at the best teams, surprise teams, uh, top players, Let's look back at week four and, and kind of our takeaways from week four of the season. And to me, I, I picked Bowles last week in the Trinity uh, Bowles showdown and uh, did not happen for the Bulldogs. They lose 27 to 14. What did you think of that game? Uh, it went about to according to what I thought was happen. I, I know when we got out there Friday night, as soon as I saw DJ uh, Moore in street clothes, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's going to be a big deal because, you know, we saw the dynamics that he's brought to the table so far in the early part of the season. You know, I know they have a – Ethan Drum actually played pretty well. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. He played pretty good. You know, we knew the game plan, the format of, you know, Bulls was going to try to slow the game down, you know, keep a Trinity's uh, run game off the field, try to stop the run game, you know, all that. So, I thought for the most part, that, you know, kind of sloppily played early. There were a couple turnovers mm-hmm. from Trinity back-to-back drives. Um, Trinity's D stepped up, and they didn't really do nothing. And then I thought what we said, too, was where can this offense for Trinity evolve? Can we get – you know, some passing going mm-hmm. with that run. And I thought Bushy did a good job. I mean, Miles Burst tore it up. He's been tearing it up, actually. I think Great he's got, week. I think he's got, like, almost 400 yards on the season so far, a couple touchdowns. But he got he got deep on a, on a touchdown early that put him up 7 nothing. Then they scored a little bit later on before the half, and it was 14 nothing. They were kind of in control. And then, really, Toblin did a good job, made some adjustments in that third quarter, got the game tied up again. Mm-hmm. And then Darnell, man, broke their backs on some big runs, you know, killing them. And, you know, that was basically the difference in the game. Eventually, Bowles wore down a little bit. I think, you know, losing a lot of those guys on that defense, they're definitely not as good as mm-hmm. they were last year. Definitely don't have anybody to lean on when it comes to their running game like Fru. So, they're having to, they're having, they're having to find themselves a little bit over there at Bowles. Uh, Naeem didn't even play in the second half. I think he got banged up and got taken out of the game. So, you think about two of their best players on offense not even playing. Yeah, that's uh, – t- I mean, to me, uh, credit to Bowles to be in that game still tied in the second half with Trinity Christian missing so many guys. And, you know, when I heard DJ Moore wasn't going to play, I would have absolutely picked Trinity Christian if, I, if that was uh, announced before the game. But um, DJ Moore did not play in that game, and he's really central to everything they do this year with no Cade Prue there uh, to carry that ball. So uh, great performance by Trinity Christian. And kind of what we talked about with Trinity being the the wild card with them is yeah. you know they're going to run the ball mm-hmm. with Trey on and Darnell. You know they're going to give those guys probably 30 touches a game. Uh, maybe even more, and, and that's their bread and butter. Offensive line has come together, but really how would they incorporate a little bit more versatility in that uh, in that offense? And it looks like Miles Burst is coming around. Yeah. looks like Colin Hurley is a little bit more comfortable back there and uh, kind of growing into that position a little bit more as things have kind of stabilized um, their offensive line. Ground game is, is clicking. So I thought last game was a good, uh, a good, really kind of a good view of Trinity Christian we can expect to see going forward with that offense showing a little bit of, uh, you know, different looks and stuff. Yeah, definitely that. And after this week, the schedule, in my opinion, gets really light. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the top-heavy beginning of the season schedule. You know, if you can get past those first four or five games, the de- the schedule definitely uh, lightens up as the season goes on. Now, granted, you know, y- you want to have these big games to get you ready for the playoffs and all that good stuff. So, you know, obviously this week, Lake City-Columbia will be a tough matchup. But after that, I think – they can really kind of fine-tune some things and get things ready to get, go before the playoffs. So, 
Um, it was good that that early part of the season was a good test, and they kind of pretty much survived it. So they got to get past this week, and mm-hmm. then you know, you know, then just like I say, keep stay healthy, fine tune some things, get that balance ready to go. Because like I said, we were talking about already, you know, state championship or bust Trinity's eyes. You know, looking at Shamanah Madonna, and it's like good night. I don't know if you've taken a look at what they got down there. They've got three or four, you know, five five star D one receivers. NFL guys, mm-hmm. you know, they look legit and they beat American Heritage Plantation this past Friday night. So, you know, that's that's always the end goal, you know, not looking too far ahead. So, you know, but that's just, you know, the train of thought. So get past this early part of the season, you know, fine tune your things, get everything rolling. And then hopefully, you know, you're ready to rock and roll by the yep. playoff time. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think Trinity now looks at least on paper and, and on the field and better than they did in you know week one week sure. two of the season yeah. I think they've really kind of found a little bit of that balance that they were lacking early yeah. on as you're kind of feeling your way and out that'll and continue that'll continue as they keep playing yeah too. and and you know again the nasty weather the first month yeah. of the season and stuff so Trinity a little bit more stable I think um and good a good look for Verlin Dormany going forward at three others from last week uh Oakleaf 26 Fleming Island 20 Fletcher 21 Nice 13 um pretty big games there um your takeaways on those games, Sponge, and, and really kind of uh, our fourth one in the mix, too, a little bit of surprise, Baldwin 30, Baker County 7. So when you're looking at those, um, you know, upsets to me, not not necessarily the Fletcher game, but those two others were, yeah, yeah, were big sure. upsets. That uh, Obviously, Baldwin put a number on Baker County, which is kind of, you know, Baker County's they were top ten team. Yeah, I was. I would admit, on them. Yeah, I, and, admit and, I was completely wrong on Baker I mean, County this season. They, there's still a long season to go. You know, they can change. They can change some things up and right the ship a little bit. But getting beat thirty to seven, that's a. They got a number put on them. Yeah, and they, that's you look at that game. Say thirty-seven, not a, not a. You know, they got on the board, but that that game was thirty nil. Yeah. late in the game. No, so. trust. When, well, like I say, Boogie uh, Franchise Island is the OC over there for the uh, for the team this year, and he he was oh, he. Made it over to Trinity in time at the end of that game. And, you know, I hadn't been paying attention. I'm like, you guys, what'd you do, man? You guys win? He's like, first time in, like, school hit. First time in, like, however many years we beat Baker County. I was like, heck, yeah, man, good job. So I think since, like, 1968, yeah, 1970. Yeah, he, he was, like, saying that they've never beat him in the school history. I was like, okay, well, they hadn't beat him in my lifetime. So, um, good win for them for sure. And I, I think now Baldwin looking forward to, like, hey, you know, they – their one blemish was to a team that we think is really mm-hmm. good, good in Bradford, a team who also put a number on yep. Baker in that first half. You know, they're going to make up – I guess they're going to pick that game up, obviously. Is that this yep. Friday too? Uh, no, or it's a couple, a couple okay. weeks from now. Well, I know they're picking that game up. Yep. They're already down 21 sticks. So like, 21 nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 21 nothing at half, yeah. not even halftime of that game. Yeah, so, you know, that, that right there, you know, is not looking good for you. So, I think, uh, you know, definitely that game was a, a, a big surprise. The other one that I would say was a surprise was uh, how well Creekside played against Buholz. Yeah, another yeah another good one. And um, I, I did not think Creekside was going to win that game. I thought they were overmatched uh, significantly in that game. Buholz is, I mean, state semifinals last year. Uh, they very well coached. Coach Whittemore down there does a great job. They've been just kind of a thorn in the side of area teams. But to Creekside's credit, they were in that game. Um, back and forth. I mean, they were on the verge of getting blown out. They came back, made it a one-score game, 48-41 loss, a district loss too. Um, so very similar to Baker County and Baldwin. That was a district loss for yeah. Baker County. So as good as Creekside is, you're in a situation now, uh, again, very similar to the Oakley Fleming Island. You're in a situation now where you not only have, yeah, you, that, a regular season loss, whatever you learn from that, yeah. but a district loss too. No, sure. And in that Creekside-Oakleaf game, 
I mean, again, I've said from the beginning of the season, I thought Fleming Island was the best team in Clay County. Oakleaf went out and proved yeah. me wrong on that. But again, other than a loss and a rivalry game, that Baker County Baldwin's a rivalry game, Creekside Buholtz is a rivalry game, has become a rivalry game, and Oakleaf and Fleming, those are district losses. Yeah, and no, that's tough. That's tough because, you know, in Oakleaf, Fleming. Sched- the schedule, too, that, like, you, yeah, I think that district might be. The toughest That's, district this year. I mean, it's it's loaded. It is because looking brutal. at the schedule, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this game. I can't wait to see this. You know, you're looking down the pipe. You're like, these matchups look good, mm-hmm. and, and all those teams are kind of about the same. So it's like, who's going to come? And Oakleaf, they played great. They you know, did. My boy yep. Taylor Bradshaw was playing offense, defense, picking off passes, pick six, and I mean, they they balled. They did that, and and great win for Marcus Miller and company there. And right now, you look and you say, okay, Oakleaf, Fleming, Buholtz, Creekside, and Barstrom are all in the same district. Yeah. So, <laughs> as, as good of a regular season as you have, and if you're Creekside and Fleming Island and we have them both ranked in our Super 10, now you got to start – you got to play some good football from here on out because you, you can't – You got your mulligan now. If you lose another one, you could be in trouble. You could, and, and you're going to have to hope now you're – I mean, if you hold to me as the front runner and the favorite in that district – um, you know, Bartram Trail could could make a case for that. Oakleaf could make a case for that. But I do think Buholtz is the favorite in that district. And if you lose a second game there, you're going to have to hope RP, or the, the ratings points are strong enough to get you one of those at-large berths. But, you know, spots five, six, seven, and eight in that region, they're not all going to come from that yeah, same district. No, you're so hoping, you're, you're hoping everybody's going to cannibalize everybody and right. to, like, beat up on This team gets a win, that team gets a win, and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may after everybody's kind of played each other. Yeah, so that to me, that district is a – we got a glimpse of that last week, how tough that's going to be. Creekside losing to Buholtz, Fleming losing to Oakleaf. Um, and again, Oakleaf still has to play Bartram, still has to yeah. play Creekside, still has to play Buholtz. So uh, a very good step in the, the direction of contending for Oakleaf and, and, and a step back for Fleming and Creekside. But, again, you still have to play so many tough opponents in that mm-hmm. district, and that's why you do it. Um, but, again, not much room for error. Uh, it, as for some of these teams going forward, you really have very little room for error because you figure Creekside's not going to play perfect from here on out. Yeah, you probably still got a loss or two if you're the Knights. You probably still got a loss or two if you're Oakleaf. You may have a loss if you're Fleming. So you really kind of hit it on the the nail on the head sponge when you say cannibalize. And I think that's what you're hoping yeah. if you're a Creekside somebody if you're John McIntyre. Somebody, somebody please knock somebody else off and right. give, them, give them a loss. Yeah, I think so. I I think that district is just so. There's no down teams in that district. There's not a bad team in that district. So Oakleaf's lone blemish was 25-20 against Baker County. Uh, they really fell apart bet, in the I second half. Lo- I bet they'd love to have that one. Back. Yeah, really. Uh, Baker County, I, I was, I've been totally wrong on. I mean, they went out in, in a half of football in the opener against Bradford and just got the floor mopped with them, 21-0 in that game. They had a great game, you know, in the Border Classic yeah, against yeah. Richmond Hill. They came back. Cam Smith just went crazy in that game. The defense got a stop. They win at the finish in that one. So just a disappointing kind of response game from Baker County. The Wildcats, again, still having some issues on that defensive side of the ball after replacing their entire secondary. So um, if you're Coach Kevin Mays and the Wildcats, you got to reboot quickly and get back on the horse because that was a district loss to Baldwin and uh, more than a rivalry loss that you can't afford to give that ground away in district competition. Um, so big, big get it back up on the, on the horse week for the Wildcats. Last one from last week, Fletcher 21, Nice 13. We said it was almost a must-win game for the Panthers, and uh, Marcellus Tate and the Senators wind up winning in that one. Second year in a row, they've beat Nice uh, in a, really in, in kind of a low-scoring defensive battle. Last year's really determined the district championship. They're not in the same district this year. 
but Fletcher again over Nice. Yeah. Is it panic time officially now if you're Nice? Oh, totally. It's like, you know, I, you, you really realize, you know, we've talked about it and we've harped on it, losing those 30-plus guys, you know, from that senior class last year mm -hmm. has, has made a tremendous dent on this team. I mean, Stokes, he's, he's, he's a, he's a one-man band. He's trying to do it, but, again, it, it's tough when you put it all on his shoulders for, you know, him to make plays on offense. You know, he can't do what he can do on defense. Defense kind of held it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, if you got to score more than thirteen, man, got to. You got, so you got to generate some offense. I know they. That's basically two close losses after they kind of got handled the first two weeks. So, I mean, I guess they're making steps. You're making you know, progress. They're not getting blown out, but I mean, you but know, but you're not scoring if, enough now. If, if you, you know, think about it, if you make a few plays in both of those games, then we're talking two and two. Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, that's how easy it is to be two and two to zero oh and four. Yeah, that's un. You know, so I it just definitely panic mode. Um, you know. Not to say they can't turn around and win some ball games, because I think we said too. I think their schedule gets a little bit lighter, and I think they can maybe win some games and you know, you know, maybe turn it around a little bit and see what happens. But right now, I think uh, it's it's trouble down there at Nice. It's yeah. I, to me, it's it's I, it's. I hesitate to say complete panic time because they've not started their district games yet, and I right. do think they're still going to be uh, probably, um, if not the favorite in that district, maybe a, uh, pretty strong contender. Yeah, no, I definitely would say that too. To, to, um, you know, to be in that mix. So it will be interesting to see how district shakes out, but if you're calling drafts and the Panthers, your defense has started, you know, showing some signs of life. Right. Now you got to get the offense on the same page because you got a, a kid committed to Florida. Can't do it himself. He's not, I don't think he's been a hundred percent all season, but you got to have some some help. You got to have somebody. That's why the loss of Dom Henry was so big for that team yeah, because he, Marcus knew every time he, he was, looked down the field, Dom was going to be yeah. there, be open, or drawing double coverage or something. And he just does not have that this so, season. He, I mean, when you can get, when you got a guy who can catch a two yard flat route and go seventy five, forget about it. You know, you, you don't have that guy. That's plus a guy who can, like I say, take the top off and get get behind the defense. He doesn't have any of that. Nothing. <laughs> so, and and basically everybody's just keying in on him. So it's just it's tough on them right now, and and their offense is definitely showing the struggles of it for sure. All right, let's jump in super ten wise. You want to track down your top ten teams, Sponge? Yeah, I, I had a little bit of a shuffle up on mine for sure. Yeah, I think so. I, 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 obviously Trinity's number one, and then uh, who did I have at two? See, I had left my my, my list on the. Uh, I think I bumped. Uh, oh, Bartram's two. Bartram's two. Bartram's two. Yeah, Bartram's two. Then where I had it, where I where I made it interesting was like, all right, I look at the teams as how I think they're going to fare as the season goes on, in my opinion. So three, I had um, Ed. I bumped Ed White all the way up to three because I now looked at their schedule. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win out, in my opinion. So I like. I really like Ed White. Their one losses to who I think is the best team in the city, Trinity. And then I had four. I had Jackson at four. I had. Creekside at five because I, I like what I still like mm -hmm. what they're doing. I mean they they literally took you know Buholtz wire to wire and almost yep. knocked them out. Uh, six is um did I drop uh, Fleming at six because I had to drop them down. Bowles at seven, Mandarin at eight, Reigns at nine, and then I had UC hanging there at still. Man, okay, I, I'm very similar. I've got UC debuting this week for me at number ten. I've got Reigns at nine. They were off last week. Mandarin at eight. They're up two spots for me. Um, seven bowls they dropped. They really kind of had yeah. a precipitous drop the last couple yeah, weeks, back back, falling back from back two back. Yep. down to seven for me in the last couple weeks. Fleming Island dropped from three to six for me. Ed White jumps up from eight to five for me. They're a top five team. Creek said I didn't move them this week. I, I know they lost and uh, to Buholtz 48-41, but I like that again. I like what they're doing. A good, I think like. a good, um, good offense still still continues. I did not punish them for. 
for that this week. People always ask, hey, you know, so-and-so beat this team. You know, Oakleaf beat a Baker County. Why are right. they not in yeah, yeah. the rankings? Um, Oakleaf is right there to me. Yeah, they're, but, you know. to me, if I'm doing a 10A, B, and C, I'm doing University Christian 10A, um, Oakleaf 10B, and then 10C, yeah. I would probably do a Baldwin. Right. Um, but, again, it, it's not how the rankings work. If you Even if you're a, an outsider team and you yeah. beat a team that's ranked, you can't automatically switch them. No. Yeah, I mean, you see that in college football. You, yeah, you don't I'm, replace I'm trying, that. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I look, I'm, you know, this is the first time I've kind of done the rankings because I didn't do it with you last year. But, you know, I think as a, as a pollster, you know, like looking at college football, obviously the rankings in the beginning of the season – it's for hype. You mm-hmm. know, you want to get those early top 10 matchups, top 25 matchups. You know, so, you know, you might have somebody who might be inflated and hasn't played. But then I kind of, like, look at a team who I think is is playing really good, like like Ed White. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're playing really good. They're blowing people out now. You know, they're having no problem in games. And I looked at the rest of their schedule, and I'm like, who's better on the schedule than Ed White? Yeah, they're I, not losing nobody. I agree. So I, I think they're going to go – I think they're going to be – I think Ed White will be a perennial playoff power down, down the line. Now – they're gonna have to do some things to get better when they get there, but you know, and there's like I say, there's still a long season. Who knows? But I, I, I pro- I'm projecting out basically. Yeah, that, and I'm I'm with you. So I Creekside at four, Jackson again. Yeah, hey, continue. Like Jackson number three. That's another one you can project out. Yep, I, think, Bartram, I think they're better than everybody. Yep, Bartram two, Trinity Christian one. So no change in the top two teams. Uh, Bartram or Trinity for me have been. Uh, pretty pretty consistent all season yeah, long. Bartram, Bartram's D is actually starting to impress me a little bit um, more and more as I've seen them play. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's crazy is I feel like they're like Trinity this year. They played all out of town games. Yep. It seems like man, they've only had one game in town yeah, exactly. through, uh, so through I, the first month I, of the season. And I know that's going to definitely change now that you get into district play. And like we just talked about, that district's loaded. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah how good Bartram really is when they have to play the Creekside. Right, and that's coming soon. In Oakleaf, so, yeah. Th- that is coming soon. All right, Sponge, week five games. We're officially at the midway point of the season once this Friday rolls around. Four games, uh, I'll take two and you take two, but St. August, St. and Bartram to me is always a must-see game. Classic. And Riverside and White District, uh, I mean, really could essentially be district championship on the line. These two, these two teams, part of a three-team district, so – Really, Ed White wins this game. All you've got left is West Side to yep. play. Uh, Riverside's already beat West Side, so I do think in this game, Ed White's offensive potential yeah. uh, significant. Riverside just does not have that. I mean, even in their two wins, they've played yeah. a defensive type of game. Um, they've had two losses um, again where you just can't put up those points. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can score with them for sure. I don't think you know White last week beat Parker thirty-seven zero. They, they, they made a statement. Yeah, and, and I think that I think Parker and Riverside are very comparable yeah. in team. I think they're very good defenses for those two teams, and I think the offense is severe, severely lacking at Riverside and Parker. So I think White takes the edge in that game and takes a big, big step to win in a district championship. St. Augustine. At Bartram Trail, man, this rivalry has turned significantly yeah. in the last few years. Definitely, I covered I don't know how many San Augustine Bartram games in the past and saw just multiple collapses by the Bears. I mean, they they were up 19-0 in one game against San Augustine, ended up losing 21 to 19. They were up 10 nothing in a game in the fourth quarter of a game against San Augustine and lost 27 to 10. I mean, yeah. they found ways to lose in yeah. this series, and now in the last four years. You know, Bartram is 0 and 9. It's tough to go 0 and 19 against yeah. the program. Yeah, yeah. These last four years, they've been 4 and 0. They've exactly. they have beaten St. Augustine. They've really turned flip, that trying to flip it. That's turned that series on its head. So that is always uh, a good good game to see. And Bartram's defense, you alluded to it earlier, they are really clicking uh, on that defensive side of the ball. And we always talk about Bartram's offense, great quarterback. You know, channeling quarterbacks just into that college sect. I mean, they've had such good luck 
putting out those offensive guys, especially quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. the defense this year, yeah. they're holding teams to 11 points a game. I, I haven't seen to, it a lot. It used to be the flip. It used to be like, like you just said, their offense would always be really good. They'd outscore you, mm-hmm. get into a shootout with you because their defense would be terrible. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to stop anybody. So it would be you know, a 42-40 to 40 mm-hmm. type game. And now they're playing a little bit of defense. Yep. So you're like, all right, can this offense come together and you know start scoring some points? Then it could be a real problem. Yes, yeah, so I'm one of the craziest playoff games I've ever seen was Riverside and Bartram Trail. Yes, that was a good game. Several years ago, I believe it was 2017, and Bartram Trail wound up losing a heartbreaking game. It was like 63, yeah. 59, I unreal I game. That. I remember that. Um, between those two teams, kind of just a glimpse of was that of, Gatewood and Riley Smith still at Bartram? The Gatewood and yeah. Riley Smith Jr. Right, uh, their junior year, and Bartram made the state championship game the next year, but. Just really, that there have been so many games like that in Bartram's history. We just didn't have the defense to kind of stop a team, and you were, you know, perfectly positioned yeah. to outscore teams with that offense you had. But that's not going to happen every year. And really, this year has been a, a, you know, Bartram still has a good offense. I think it's still developing. Uh, we've only seen it really kind of flash one week of the season against Daytona Beach Seabreeze. Um, but Bartram's been on the road pretty much the entire yeah. front half of the year. They played one game in town against Ponte Vedra, won that game 13-7. to um, And, again, they're holding teams to 11 points a game. So, good job by the Bears defense. How will they handle that St. Augustine team? Funny things have happened in that rivalry in the past. So, Sponge, what are your two for this week? Uh, my two games are uh, – I love this matchup, Creekside Mandarin. Yes. Top ten matchup. Um, how's Creekside going to bounce back after catching a tough loss mm-hmm. against the, you know, Buholtz banger they had last week? You know, can they pick themselves off the mat? You know, I heard McIntyre say there's no moral victories here. You know, we played a good team. We played a good game, but we lost. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a district loss, like we said. Well, guess what? Mandarin, they've been pretty hot all season. Their tightest – their one loss was a tight one to Bowles. You know, that, I'm sure they'd probably love to have that one back, mm-hmm. but – I love the matchup of, like, you know, Nikki Williams running the ball and then, you know, the, the passing attack of Mandarin. So, it's like which defense is going to do what to stop the other. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I think it's going to be a great game. And, I'm like I say, I, when, I, when I saw that on there – because I'm always like Creekside. Eh, you know, I, I, that's how I always feel about Creekside. I'm always like, eh. <laughs> and, but they've actually – you know, the last two years they've actually shown me something. And this year especially after that Buholtz game last week, you know, taking them to the wire like that. You know they're they're becoming more respectable of hey this is this is a team that can can play with anybody. Yep. So you know Mandarin's kind of always been that team that you know they won a state championship a couple of years ago, and you know they've kind of they kind of faded back a little bit the last couple of years, but I think they're finally getting in their groove again and becoming a another perennial power team around the area. So that matchup looks great. I like and that matchup. I yeah, like Tremel Jones. That, that, I like Jamie French. Those yeah, guys are that, underclassmen no, and that, that they game, are fun to watch. That game looks like it's going to be a great one. And then obviously the. the other good game is going to be Trinity Columbia. That's always been a, a, a it's become now a rivalry. Right. It seems like they play every year. Um, you know, Lake City kind of had their struggles. Yeah, again, and, and a team kinda, I overrated to begin yeah, with. We, 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 we had them up there. They kind of they kind of struggled. And you know, there was a Tyler Jefferson's over that quarterback, who's who I think is really good. Um, the thing that's different, where you know we were talking about DJ last week, he's a runner and a thrower. Tyler Jefferson can definitely run the mm-hmm. ball. So they're gonna have to put spies on him, you know, control his run game because, but he can sling it too. So um, that'll be a, definitely a challenge for the Trinity defense to kind of get a look at a at a mobile quarterback, you know, and, and how they do. But then again, I always feel like teams are, are. I don't know what defense can stop the one-two punch of mm-hmm. Webb and Rogers because they've been pretty unbelievable. And then now, like I say, Bush is getting into the groove. You know, they found it. He found a number one receiver in Miles Burris, and. You know they're starting to play better on offense, so I think I think that's going to be a good matchup and a good test for Trinity to find 
finish out their tough part of their yeah. schedule. Yeah, and I'm just I'm curious what Columbia team will see. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they lose to Union you're gonna County. Be the, you're going to be the 0-2 team that, uh, where you lost to Union yeah, County? Yeah, how do you – you're going to be this team that kind of bounced back and beat some people. Yeah, and again, you lost to Buholtz in the opener. Not a not a bad loss. Right, but right. you go on the – you can't get beat to no. a, a 1A school if you're right. a Columbia team. I, I just don't understand yeah, that's, that's a never, that's, how that's, that should never happen. How that, unless it's a, a Madison County or kind of in Union County is not no. at that level. So, um, Demetrius, Demetrius Jackson and the Tigers getting back into uh, getting the flow of things. They won two in a row. So, I'm glad this Trinity Columbia game comes in week five as opposed to maybe week two. Um, I think Columbia is more in that uptick now. I think Trinity is more in that yep. uptick now. Yep. Um, you're not having to to score 48 a game to beat a team if you're Trinity Christian. So I, I like where these teams are at. I like that they're meeting at the midseason point now as opposed to early on in the season. I think that outside of that Creekside-Mandarin game, I think is going to be a great game this week. So um, those are our games to watch. And I do think some of them – how about Tequoia Creek? Yeah. You know, three three wins, three and one for them. Uh, they're visiting Clay. Um, Beachside, again, they're two and one uh, going to Ridgeview. Palatka trying to keep its undefeated start. They're going to Lake Weir, which they'll win by 30 in that game. Um, so Palak is off to his best start in years, decades, actually. So it's nice to see some some non-traditional teams kind of getting in the mix and some young teams getting in the mix. So some good ones, some good storylines on the horizon in Week 5. Okay, we get to our kind of mid-season review sponge and kind of going to throw some rapid-fire uh, questions out here. Okay, we've got – a surprise team. If you had to pick a, a team or two, that's a surprise team that you did not see coming this year, or maybe can turn it around the second half. What's your surprise team or two of the first half? I, I put two down on my list, and it was Creekside and Baldwin. I was not that I wasn't surprised that Creekside could be, you know, three and one, three and one or four and zero. Oh. It was more so that I know what they they lost a lot last year, and they were able to you know put together what they've done so far this year, and ha- they had the big win. In the border classic mm-hmm. against you know against the uh, Georgia team, and then they've obviously played well like we said against Buholtz, and then they've in their other two games I mean scored a ton, mm-hmm. so their offense is is really clicking, you know. So how good is their defense? You know, they were able to put up forty one on Buholtz, you know, they scored sixty two on these yeah. or whatever it was. Yes. So that that offense I think I guess would be the biggest surprise for me how well they're playing now. Will they be able to sustain? And mm-hmm. now, when they play these teams in their district, like we talked about already, um, and see how they go. So I would say they surprised me. And then Baldwin, you know, I didn't have high expectations for them. I know they've been, you know, up and down the last couple of years. They made it to the playoffs, um, what two or three years ago. And but you know, beating Baker County, being three and one, and looking at their schedule, I think they got some winnable games. So I think they can be a nice surprise team as well. Um, yep. But yeah, those, those are like my I guess my biggest surprises. Okay. I. I'm switching a little bit. Um, I've got Bradford and Jackson as my two surprise yeah. teams. Um, you know, Jackson, again, we I've, I've beat the drum on them the last two years. They had a good season last year, made the playoffs. But, again, you're 7-4 last year. To me, what they've done this year is no, they've, more impressive. They've been a little dominating. Yes. They obviously, you go back again. We said it before. They played that Week 0 game against Brunswick, who we think is going to be a really good team. You know, they were undefeated last year and went to the playoffs and then finally lost their first game, you know, and they went up there and they they banged with them for yep. four quarters. And then that same Brunswick team beat Bowles by seventeen. Yep. So, um, I think I think they've gotten over the hump to where they they know they can win. They know how to win. They're winning dominantly defensively. They got a good defense. Their offense is coming together. They've got some playmakers on offense. And then I think you know projecting out, looking at their schedule, 
there's a few games on there that I that I have circled that I like. I can't wait to see this matchup. Yeah. Like when they play Reigns. Yep. Um. So like, but I feel like all their games are winnable, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're the better team, so they should win. And it's crazy to think that even as recently as two years ago, they would have been not even <laughs> yeah. they've been an afterthought. It'd have been like yeah, the Jackson Jackson's up. Oh, that's a win. Yeah, and yeah. again, when you look at you know after Kevin Sullivan left Jackson how barren of a time it was. Quinn Gray was there for one year, yeah. made him the playoffs there five and six, but then from like 2011 on to just last year, they were bad. Yeah, and, and not just bad, they were 0-10 bad yeah, no, quite a were, few seasons. They were bad. And you, you cycled through coaches, and there was just no success there. One win was good. You know, Two-win season, just a bad time. I know they, they came close to the playoffs under Antoine Atwater, lost a coin flip. They would have gone then. Uh, they did not get in there. They lost that coin flip to a winless team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, that was that one spark of a, of a time for Jackson. And you know, they changed to a magnet school. So there were some things working against Jackson. But now you get Christopher Foy in there. You've got that stability. Yeah, great fit. And it has worked marvelously. Four and one. Uh, they've got a bye week this week, and I think they have been a great surprise team, a great story all around. And then Jamie Rogers returned to Bradford, um, or returned to Florida, and he's at Bradford now. You've seen that success. And Bradford's a team under Brian Tomlinson who was a, a very stable, consistent mm-hmm. team, uh, but just couldn't get over that hump. And I think this year with the start for Bradford uh, has just been phenomenal. Um, really undefeated at this point. You, you didn't have that Baker County game completed in week one, but they're in control of that game. Um, so Bradford, to me, has been that surprise team right on the outside of my Super 10, um, but they are right in that mix as well. Okay, biggest uh, disappointment, Sponge. What's your team? I feel we're probably pretty close yeah, to this it's, one. It's got to be the Nice Panthers. Got to be. Like they, you know, it's not like we expect a state championship level, but you're expecting similar – like when you set the bar and you have, you know, a 9-4 – you know, magical mm-hmm. third round of the playoff run like you did the year before. And I, even if you lose a ton of guys, you still got, like we said before, an Elite 11 Florida Gator commit at quarterback. You ex- your expectations are a little bit higher. So when you start the season 0 and 4, you know, that's, it's got to be disappointing. Yeah, it's got to be. And I mean, so you're 9 and 4 I, last year. You've it, already lost it, as many games. Exactly. So, I mean, it, you know, and it doesn't look like you're going to run the table anymore. You yeah. Know? I mean, granted, like we said, the schedule does lighten up to where we think you can win some games in your district. But they got to show us. And mm-hmm. They got to do it, you know. So, and I know they want to, and I know they're, I know they're working their tails off to get it right. So, but definitely, uh, you got to hope something clicks for Nice. Exactly. They, they need some kind of spark, some kind of confidence, some kind of something that just kind of flips it for them. But you know, hopefully, hopefully that comes quicker than later. But definitely a disappointment so far for them. Yeah, I think, I think. Uh, for me, it's Nice and then also Middleburg. You showed a little bit of promise was, last year. Middleburg was another team that, that I, I had circled. You kind of had, you know, not, not like they had major expectations no. either. But I mean, didn't they start the season? They were like three or three and zero or something yeah. last year, four and zero, and um, you really could not build off that. You got Mike Mitchell toting he's, the ball. Yeah, he's and, a beast, man. And you just not really had that success early on in the season. Uh, so disappointing start. Middleburg and Nice both winless. I think more so for Nice. You were nine and four last year, and you start zero and four. I know the expectations were through the roof this year. Um, so disappointing to see if Colin Drafts and the Panthers, Marcus Stokes can get back on track. And the same thing at Middleburg to see if they can kind of right the ship. Um, they got a big running back. Mike Mitchell's going to Utah. Um, you got to hope you can kind of turn the uh, turn the turn the wheel of the boat and get it back in the channel. Yeah, um, if you're those coaches there, okay. Top player, I know uh, it's a little bit of a toss up, and things really kind of sort themselves as we get later into the season. But I'm going to start off my my defensive player of the year at this point. Uh, Grayson Howard, been phenomenal, and I think what he's done for Jackson, uh, just anchoring that defense 
through these five weeks of the season has been uh, invaluable. Um, really been kind of a program setter, um, an attitude changer over there. So he's my top defensive player. And Nikki Williams, man, through entering that Gainesville Buholtz game, 501 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground for him, and uh, really single-handedly won them a couple games. So I like Nikki Williams running behind that big Creekside offensive line. So he's my offensive guy. And again, you know, these are yeah. half-season projections and very incomplete grades, but through half of the season, I like Nikki as the offensive guy and Grayson Howard as my defensive guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. Grayson Howard is definitely my defensive guy. I think he's definitely been the anchor and stable piece on that defense and why Jackson is doing mm-hmm. what they're doing defensively. Um, he's a thumper. You know, he's an athletic linebacker. He's a play- He's just a ball player. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, love to watch that guy play. And he's definitely been a cog for them, and he's just a beast. My guy on offense, I got to give it to Darnell Rodgers, man. Like, if you're talking about, you know, we talk about the two-headed monster with Webb and Rodgers, but, you know, Webb can't do it all. And Rod- Darnell has come up big against Ed White, against Bowles mm-hmm. last week, where he's had some back-breaking runs that basically have just iced games. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Treyon had the big one coming out of that uh, rain delay at Ed White that was the backbreaker. But if Darnell doesn't do what he did, they're, they're not even in the game anymore. Yeah. You know, so, And then, obviously, last week against Bowles, had the two big runs. I think he had, like, six carries for, like, 150 yards. Yeah, unbelievable crazy, game. Know? But, I mean, he's got, you know, 400 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. He's been pretty pretty solid. Obviously, not Nicky Williams' numbers he's got, but he's – He's getting all the carries, mm-hmm. you know, Nicky Williams is. So, now don't get me wrong, the script might get flipped and yeah. then Webb might go off for right. another 1,000 yards later. I mean, so so as my early part, you know, I think I think Unk's been big, you know, with his with his back-breaking runs, you know. that. So, again, we've got a long season. I guess the other thing is, you know, talking about, you know, star players, you know, we talk about the quarterback play and, like, Colin and Tramel Jones. You know, I want to see more from these guys and mm-hmm. Stokes, you yeah. know. Let's see some big passing stats come. Let's see who, what big receiver is going to emerge. Obviously, I think Jamie French is maybe the top leader mm-hmm. of receiver right now. So I, I can't wait to watch the season progress and see where some of these guys go and who, who really puts up some numbers. Yeah, it's, it's, I think we're still waiting on that big quarterback breakout performance, big receiver breakout performance. We've seen them, you know, for Miles Burris, Colin Hurley, Tramel Jones, Jamie French, but I want to see that more consistently. And I think we will see that yeah. as the second half of the season Definitely. plays out. Well, that is it for a Week 5 midseason edition of the Varsity Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our Varsity newsletter. And Sponge Franklin and Justin Barney come to you every Wednesday on the Varsity Podcast. Thanks for listening.